Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, yeah, because it's freezing in our offices. It's it is so cold. And then and then I walked, I, I, I was like, Susan, it's so cold in here, right? And she's like, yeah. And then she walks into the other room I'm like, wait, no. And she goes, hey, guys, Patrick's cold. Do you think we could do something about that? <laughs> I was like, no, everyone already thinks I'm a baby. (laughs) Welcome to the crunch is, is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. And Patrick, introduce us this tall glass of water we've got on the show with us today. All right, so today we've got we've got uh, one one of the one we've got a cleric on the podcast for the second time like ever. Uh, mm-hmm. This this guy right here we got here is his name is Father Anthony Sharapa, and he hails from the diocese of Pittsburgh and also from a rival podcast, clerically speaking. See, I I have a problem with this because rivalry implies competition, and that implies <laughs> a kind of equality that, as a cleric, I don't see any lay podcast as even coming close mm. to the power and majesty of clerically and, speaking. And even just numbers wise, you guys blow us out of the water. It's, so a, it's, it's not. It's crazy. It's really not a not a fair comparison. It's crazy. It's, it's, which is dumb because yeah. you've had like what six episodes, and you have I think five hundred million subscribers. Is yeah, that yeah? I mean, those are rough numbers, but they're pretty accurate from what I understand. Well, this is yeah, yeah, just yeah. how this is just how like the regular Catholic world works. When you're a lay person and you want to talk to lady, you gotta like yeah. work hard for years. Whereas priests, mm-hmm. they just get assigned to a parish of like fifty thousand families. And they have to, to go. They have right. to listen to them. Like guys, if you want to increase like your listeners, all you have to do is spend six to nine years in seminary, uh-huh. uh, give your entire lives to the church, get ordained, take on the responsibility of souls, and then like all of a sudden your podcast numbers will skyrocket. It's incredible, so, Father. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that on today of all days being Valentine's Day. Yes. The, <laughs> the only text I received from a woman today was from my mother. That's beautiful, and I wanted to. I, w- I sent you a text in the in the group text, and I wanted <laughs> yeah. to let you know um, that that has propelled my discernment forward about three years. So, uh, <laughs> in what in what direction? A- away, away from where I am now. Away, away from, from <laughs> away from this. <laughs> so, so towards a vocation. Towards 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 the Lord. Okay, and what He wills for my life. <laughs> So basically, you're going to what? Take it more seriously? No, I'm I'm 100 joking, Mom. If you're listening to this, I love you and I greatly value your your texts <laughs> on on Valentine's Day. I DM'd my mom today. That's all that I did. I didn't text my really? mom. Really? Yeah. Oh, not real, Father. If we're being serious, I got to finish out my my two years with Focus before I before I make any 
tangible stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so no doubt, no doubt. At my at least two years with focus. I don't even know how long I'm going to be doing mm-hmm, this thing, mm-hmm. but, you know. But keep keep an eye out. It sounds like, from what I hear, the Diocese of Pittsburgh needs some more priests. We could use some so, more help. We'll yeah. take you. I'm, I'm, I'd be pretty stoked if Ethan became a priest solely because that means I don't have to become a priest and boost our numbers. Right. Yeah. What we need to do is we need add a third host who is in seminary now. We need to find the, <laughs> oh, man, I was to find talking to someone yesterday. the one cool seminarian in this country and ask him to be on the podcast. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to someone yesterday and they were like, oh, I have to talk to you because I'm starting a podcast. And I was like, great. <laughs> and Nick was with me and he was like, Nick, Nick, your, your, your brother, father. Producer Nick. Producer Nick. Producer Nick was with yeah. me and he use was his, like. Use his full name, Patrick, please. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Nick was with me, and he goes in his producer Nick voice like, okay, I'm going to ask you one question that I ask everybody, because he's, like, super happy all the time. He's like, what is, what's going to make you different? And the first thing the guy said was like, well, we're going to have three people. (laughs) 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 And I was like, you mean it's going to be an interview every week? And he's like, no, 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 three regular people. And I was like, oh, Oh. I don't know if that's going to work. No, no, because <laughs> that's what the Catholic audience have been clamoring for 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 years now in the podcast a world. Third person a <laughs> podcast with three people, Trinitarian, if you will. Trinitarian podcast. Oh man! <laughs> but speaking of Valentine's Day, I was at the store please, today, like twenty please minutes. Tell ago. me about. Please, please tell me about your Valentine's Day, Patrick. <laughs> well, nothing's happened. It's two twenty. It's two twelve p.m. Everyone's still in school. <laughs> But I was I was buying everyone's like, still in bed. <laughs> everyone's still in bed. I I was um I was at the store and I I got a new like TV stand for my apartment and I haven't put it together yet, so I needed to go to the store and, and buy it. all out. Yeah, right. So all out for Valentine's Day. Yeah. I bought a big mallet because it required a mallet and I didn't have one. <laughs> and so I went to the store on Valentine's Day and I'm like, I'm just gonna pick up some stuff, right? So I got like the, the quintessential Valentine's Day. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And I'm walking, I'm checking out of the you store. Got and a I, mallet, <laughs> some zip ties, some duct tape, a shovel. I'm checking out of the store and I've got like all this like romance stuff and a mallet. And of course, I'm coming to the podcast. So I'm like, hey, could you like hurry it up? I got somewhere to be. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Oh, man. Super creepy. That's brutal. Uh, it was a pretty That's big funny. mallet too. It was one of those big rubber ones. It was like, like you I'm, could really, you could really kill someone you could with really this mallet. Some damage you yeah. Was it a two hander? Was it like a? Oh no, it was it was a one hand. It was it was. It's oh. a quick one. It's like in and out. You know, just <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bam, for your boom. dead all your all your quick Valentine's Day murders. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, Father Anthony, have yeah. you ever killed anybody? That, uh, kill anybody? No, I have never <laughs> murdered a person. All right, you've passed the first test. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the bar is really low for priests nowadays, but uh, I, can, I can I can do. It. <laughs> but I have never killed anyone. I somewhere never between killed anyone. somewhere between Mother Teresa and an axe murderer. That's me. <laughs> yep. mm. Somewhere between Mother Teresa and and Archbishop McCarrick. There you go. That's the sweet spot. Yikes. Former, former. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he now? As, he's, is well, he still... he's he's, he's going to be laicized, I think. Ooh. I think, yeah, they're talking about this I week, maybe. The laicization just got ten feet oh. higher. Yes. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> I almost made a I almost made him a McCarrick joke today to my chaplain, but I decided against it because he was talking. About, we're t- it's obviously Valentine's Day, right? And on Tuesday, yeah. the ladies they switch off every year here, so like the ladies served the men this year, and the next year the men will serve the ladies. Um, and so 
today father was talking about like doing something for the women because nobody did anything for them. And he was going to do something. He's going to like make them strawberries or whatever. And I was like, what about, what about the guys? And he said, well, that'd be kind of weird. And I'm like, you're right. It's not like McCarrick runs this student center. Oh no. <laughs> and I, I, I almost said it, but I didn't. And I'm glad that I said it on this podcast mm-hmm. instead. <laughs> good now more people can hear the now joke. more people can hear the joke it's tough it's a tough place because like you want to make fun of it so just so you can get out of it for a second yeah. but then when you yeah. try to it doesn't work and you just are yeah. reminded about how yeah. much everything sucks oh, it's just yeah. terrible it's just the yeah, worst it's like every time i made every time in the past couple of days that i've made a joke about marriage being or not being a vocation all of a sudden i'm stuck in a 30 minute conversation about vocations Oh my yeah. goodness! You missed this, <laughs> Ethan. You missed the great marriage controversy of the great uh, marriage of, controversy of, of, of like three days on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what happened? Did, were people trying to say that marriage was superior to celibacy or something? And then oh no, 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 no. Like, oh, well, no, even better. I think that, everyone agrees that celibacy was it the 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 marital debt again. What? No, thank goodness, <laughs> not that. <laughs> what was it? Tell me. It was that. Uh, is marriage it. even a vocation? <laughs> Okay, so what were the what were the arguments? I think I think <laughs> well, the, I think the solution is marriage is a vocation, but it's not a vocation, nor is it a vocation. You know what I mean? What? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you not understand that? Because there's a chart. No, that's a chart. I got <laughs> was there actually a chart? And someone someone was tweeting about like someone did like a, a a life night on vocation and like posted a chart, and everyone was like, um, actually, singlehood is not a vocation. And then then Jake came up and was like, actually, marriage isn't a vocation either. Mm. And then someone was like, maybe when you're married, you'll understand. And he's like, buddy, I have two kids. They're in my profile picture. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I posted, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Is marriage a vocation? Objection one, et cetera, et cetera. Objection two, yeah, yeah, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Said contra, buddy, that's my wife. And it was yeah, okay. very good. It's it was really, really, really So basically fun. what it comes down to, if you want to get okay. real about this, is just how are you going to define the word vocation? Um, and so some people are saying a vocation is a specific call out of like the natural state. So everyone's mm-hmm. kind of ordered towards marriage because you have a body and that's what your body is like for. Right. Um, now Jesus elevates marriage to the level of a sacrament. But it's not really a call outside that. Like a vocation is a call to religious life or to priesthood or to Mm -hmm. consecrated um, celibacy in some sort of way. So that's, I mean, the argument, which is like, but it's also not a big deal. It's very, it's very, it seems like something that people would say so that they can feel smarter than other people. Yes. Right. And most so, of the people which, who were saying which, that were also people who had found their vocation already. This is what always happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think the one, the good thing about it, though, or like the yeah. importance of it is sometimes there can be like this death by discernment. And this is a way to kind of maybe clarify it a little bit. Like, do you call do you feel called to a specific thing? If not, you're probably called called to marriage to go date someone. Yeah. I think that's there's something good and normal about that. Instead really, of waiting uh, for like God to like strike you with lightning or something. You're really gunning for that vocation director spot in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, aren't you, Father? <laughs> Oh, I mean, anyone can do that. Anyone can do vocation director spot. Who can be parochial vicar for seven different parishes? Yeah, right. Oof. One mm-hmm. guy. One guy. This Father guy. Anthony, he's our man. He won't have one parish because Ever. that's healthy, and we're not going to make him do that. <laughs> <laughs> do you like my new chant that I just made up? It was really good and Thank horrifyingly you. accurate. <laughs> Father, uh, I do have a, I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Because so, oftentimes I find myself listening to to clerically speaking against Good. my bad judgment, mm-hmm. and sometimes you you bring us up, you talk about us, 
Yeah. Um, and I feel I feel like I want to respond to you. Okay. Um, and <laughs> yes, where is the clerically speaking bump, as we call yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Where well, we haven't gotten any, we haven't seen any of those numbers um, from the clerically speaking. <laughs> we see no upticks anyway. We see no upticks at all. It's just it's just you guys. You know the reason why? Tell me. You guys are more hip than we are. I don't. What? How? For real? You guys are I, more hip. Like your audience will be younger than ours will be. Like we'll have like young people, but we also get all like the regular old parish people because we're free stock catechesis. You guys are a little bit more of a of a niche kind of a that's talking thing. A lot, a lot of the a lot of the parish ladies that I've talked to in and around Newcastle have been yeah. like, "Oh, do you listen to Father Anthony's podcast? It's so good." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "How did you figure out how to download those? My grandma still can't figure it out." <laughs> I mean, that's I really funny. think that's what it is. Yeah, what the the chaplain here, Father Ketter, he also is part time or sometimes goes over to the to the Catholic high school to say mass. And he met there's like a freshman girl that came up to him. He's like, "Are you at Tulsa?" And he's like, "Yeah, I am." And she's like, "Which one do you know, Ethan or Patrick?" And he was cool because he knew me to yeah. this freshman high school girl. Yeah, and I was just like, "What?" Not that <laughs> not that we didn't not that we didn't know that that was our demographic, but um, anyway. I wanted to talk to you about the whole, you, you mentioned a lot about our social media uh, habits and activities. Right. Um, And I wanted to hear if your, if your social media habits and activities have changed um, at all in the past, like six months and how you see that like fitting in with the podcast and with your, with your, you know, job and also your vocation and then also your personal holiness like i just because i hear you talking about oh the crunch, <laughs> guys, yeah, that's crunch guys are doing crunch guys are doing great but like what do you what do you do yeah it's a good question and to be honest it's something i'm still struggling with i go back and forth uh, yeah. a thousand times um because i really started using social media just for fun it was like mm-hmm. just for me just to talk with people and tweet things that i think are clever um and that's more or less how it all started and so now that I have like a bigger audience, how, what do I do? How do I handle mm-hmm. it? What's actually my obligation to people as a priest and to myself? And because very often people can make a priest presence on social media bigger than it is. Cause really mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, I father Anthony am just a priest who has been ordained a little over two years and I minister in Western PA, but because people see 14,000 followers mm-hmm. all of a sudden mm-hmm. like i'm a big deal in yeah. the small capital, capital, B, capital d big right. deal <laughs> right so uh so one thing I, I i have been doing definitely the last six months or so is when i remember to to actually pray about the twitter thing i do and try to give it to the lord at least in some sort of way in prayer and to remind myself that even things i think are silly should be given to the lord mm. so Ooh. i see uh, a few things one the contact i've made with other priests who have now become good friends has really helped my priesthood as far as Mm -hmm. uh, ideas about even like liturgy or spirituality um we're really good at calling each other out we bring things to each other problems with ministry things in our prayer lives we all do this all through like you know uh dms with priests i know and that's been really it's it's affected my preaching and how i've it's been really helpful so that's been a good thing for me um but the bigger question is like how do i use it for other people. So I guess what I'm doing is one, just kind of giving a witness of this is who I am as a person, because a lot of times people don't see their priests as people or as persons, or they just don't get a lot of contact with their priests. So 
you kind of get uh, an idea of what my humor is, how I talk to people, that sort of thing. And that can be very um, helpful to people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's kind of like a very low threshold, like shallow entry into, I don't know, uh, priestly life. And then occasionally uh, the holy tweets or talking about what's important in the news. If, you know, someone has his take on the church and it's wrong and bad and a lot (laughs) of people are listening to them, then maybe saying something. Mm -hmm. Um, So like doing that, I think is important um, when it strikes me. Uh, But to be honest, I still think a lot of my social media, while I don't regret or think anything I've tweeted out is wrong or bad or evil or anything like that, I'm just kind of trying to be myself on social media. And that's kind of what a lot of priesthood is as well, like being yourself and loving people. And so maybe it's not that complicated. I don't know. And no matter what, people can be ticked off at me, no matter how I use it. Some people think I should be literally hearing confessions 24-7 or celebrating Mass 24-7. And some people think I should be only tweeting, like, scripture verses. And some people don't care. They're just there for the jokes. And you know what? You can't make everyone happy. So whatever. Yeah. I hope that answered at least some of those questions. I mean, it does. I asked a lot of questions at once. Yeah. So yeah. You, you tackled it pretty well, I think. I was telling, yeah. I was telling my uh, – who was I talking to? I don't remember. I think I was talking. I was thinking, I was talking to a friend, and I was like, it was "Honestly, me. it was it was Ethan. The, it wasn't the priest. The priest DM. The fact that it exists is enough to make me think about going to seminary." Yeah, actually, <laughs> a lot of guys have let us know that. Though seriously, it's like mm-hmm. that because I, I think I think that was one of the things back in high school when I was discerning that was the most daunting was the loneliness aspect, mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of my vocational discernment people that would help like the seminarians and stuff, they would kind of like they would give us ways to cope with that. Like they would say like, well, this is how I cope with that. And they, mm-hmm. would, they would say like, well, Oh, you just, you just surround yourself with your flock, right? You just like drugs, alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like, it, it wasn't until, it wasn't until I was listening to um, the catching foxes episode at seek where mm-hmm. I had heard a priest say, maybe we should just live in community as I was. Oh, Pat, you are priests. on, you are on it, dude. We are on the same wavelength <laughs> right now. He was like, Father Anthony, Anthony, more Father Anthony is here. You and yeah. me are here. Yeah. Like y'all's working relationship. Maybe one day we'll get to me and Pat's working relationship. <laughs> but I swear, Pat, you just went exactly where I was going to go. And I freaking love you for it. Oh, I love you too, Ethan. Shut up. Continue the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's something about that though. Because uh, like Father Harris and I, we we've been joking, or at least half joking, about start, starting a monastery. But the yeah. idea is that uh, we, uh, yeah, and I think it's something an instinct you see in younger priests that mm. we don't want to be lone wolves out there by ourselves. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, you just came out of seminary like two mm-hmm. weeks ago, and you're yep. like, you're like, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming that the seminary life was fun. I'm assuming you made some awesome friends. Yes, and now correctly. and then all of a sudden you're supposed to just the bitch is supposed to be like, all right, guys, uh, don't talk to each other except for at the and luncheons. Bye. Y'all, and then they y'all in heaven. Across. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. 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 But guys, there's I mean, there's like priests are really wounded. Mm. Um, and that's one thing I, I've noticed is that uh, a lot of times we're not great at bring, being brothers to each other. Um, that you get so used to just, you know, you're working and you're doing ministry for your people and you don't get a lot of contact from other people. So like a lot mm-hmm. for a lot of priests being forced to go to some diocesan thing every once in a while is like a burden to them. Mm-hmm. Um, or they only get like a superficial view of their brothers. So yeah. you get, you know, super ticked off at this guy is a super liberal guy or this guy's a super conservative guy who needs them. I'm doing it the right way. And you can get very <laughs> bitter 
Yeah. Or like, you know, there's only a few guys who speak up at whatever diocesan meeting you're having and they're annoying. So you kind of assume all priests are annoying. And so you kind of get, <laughs> there's a lot of like uh, pain and woundedness in there mm. uh, that, I, that I've noticed and, you know, experienced myself that uh, we need to work against and be, you know, we're really good at loving our people, like genuinely loving and caring for our people. We're um, usually pretty good at loving the Lord too, but <laughs> we're, a lot of times we're not so great at loving each other. And that's something I think uh, priests need to work on more and, uh, and you know, myself included mm-hmm. in that. I think if this is a big, if, yeah, if I go through seminary, if I become a priest, mm-hmm. it's, it's a possibility. We got to talk about it. Um, then I want I want to, I want animal house to be my rectory. <laughs> I want, I'm, I'm not joking because toga we talk parties about with the, with the collar on and everything. Toga potty, toga, toga potties. Um, <laughs> cause I think that father Anthony, do you live alone? Do you live, who do you, do you live I live with, with, uh, with the senior parochial vicar. Okay. So it's just the two of you. Yep. Yeah. So if I, if I, man, the goal is to, to have this podcast, right. And increase mm-hmm. vocations by yeah. encouraging men to grow in holiness. And then all of us entering at the same time. And then we all get to live together, which yeah. I know is not how real life works. But, <laughs> but if I, if I were to have it my way, as the Burger King man says, mm-hmm. then, <laughs> then I would just have a house and it would be five priests and we would all be at different parishes, but we would all live together in the center of town and everybody would come over and be like, Oh, it's the priest's house. And then we would kind of hang out the windows and uh, sort of, sort of pop champagne and other such you know, activities you know the, the bishop has, has mentioned that not in those words at all or describing it in that way at all but he has said to us in the past like hey if a, if a few guys want to live in the same rectory together oh if we can make that work we can that make be, work that'd be the incredible thing is, the, the thing is there are not a lot of takers and then mm, on top of that you get yeah. like this is my struggle with it is yeah of course i want to live with all my priest friends but we're all mm-hmm. scattered across everywhere That's and true. i don't want to be unavailable for mm-hmm. my people or for my bishop Definitely. so it almost feels like and this is a struggle too in the priesthood like uh am i taking care of myself or I, or am i being needy indulgent you know? exactly so it, yeah. it's, it's it's a tough thing and maybe i should just make better mm-hmm. friends with the priests and people who are around me right now too instead of just trying to hang out with all the cool priests mm-hmm. you know, that's something goes on as well i don't know I mean, do you know I how the that's needy well maybe I mean, you're right you're right it's not yeah but there's still like this is my great struggle as a priest is letting it be okay to like take care of myself to pray yeah. to, mm. because there is this pressure and it's it's a cultural pressure but it's also layers of it in the priesthood as well as like to be a good priest you have to be busy mm. and you it gets reinforced over and over again because whenever any parishioner asks you to do something oh father i know you're so busy Oh, Father, I didn't want to ask, but you're so busy. And that makes you feel like, oh, oh, what if I'm not busy? If I'm not mm-hmm. busy, am I not a good priest? And mm-hmm. it's crazy and it's wrong, but you feel it. You, you know? feel it anyway. You feel it anyway. Yeah, you and, I, you and I were talking about this the other day about days off, right? It's like very important to take days mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. And even if you just want to approach it from a purely utilitarian view, days off make you a better worker in the end, right? But yeah. like, And then yeah. if you want to take it from a right and Catholic perspective, we need recreation and we need community. It's just a, it's just a basic tenet of life. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think what you were saying about needing to live in community, that definitely doesn't sound needy. That sounds human. Right. No, and it, it, you're right. Yeah. Um, and now luckily I've got like a really good 
priest small group I meet with once a month and we get super real about stuff and it's great. Um, I've got you know other priest friends I can call up. Um, really the priest DM we're, we're chatting back and forth throughout the day and it's, it's been a great help as well. Aww. You guys then, won't believe the confession I heard today. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that. Not quite. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but something I do want to say, I want to make sure, you know, it's funny because Valentine's Day and everything. Mm. And it's been so funny to watch the social media buzz about all this and just to sit back and be like, it's so nice not to, to be lonely. To not have a wife. Oh, <laughs> no, no, Wait, no, no. Not even to not have a wife. Like people talk about the loneliness or you have to cope. I'm not lonely. Yeah. Like I'm not a lonely guy. Mm-hmm. Definitely not more than anyone else is. <laughs> like sure. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, like you feel lonely, but that's because you're like, this, I'm just very blessed to have a lot of like close friends in my life and happy where I'm at. And right now the prayer life is good. And it's just, I'm not, it's not a thing. There's not like this weird longing or feeling sorry for yourself. It's just, you know, just happy. I think it's important to say every once in a while, as we talk about these issues, like things are really good as a priest. Um, I think it's, it's really interesting when you talk about like the need to be busy. Um, Cause I feel that in a, in a smaller way, obviously as a missionary, um, because they send us out in teams, right, to different campuses. And mm-hmm. one of the main parts of our schedule is is being with the team, right? We have team meetings. We have team fun time. We have team time with our priest. We, uh, I mean, obviously, I live with my teammate. The girls live together. Um, you spend a lot of time with the team. And on the surface, it's like, why are you, you know, why are you spending so much time with the team? Shouldn't you be with students? Like you're here to evangelize the students. You're not here to evangelize each other, like blah, 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 blah. (laughs) But at the end of the day, like, unless we have a a really solid foundation to move out from, then we're going to be weaker in the long run. We're not going to be as strong um, going out onto campus and going out and talking about the gospel. And so if anybody tells you, Hey, you need to be less busy because, or you need to be more busy and you're spending too much time with your priest friends or the people that fill up your cup, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, hand them a copy of soul, of the apostolate and walk away, <laughs> <laughs> smack uh, them with it, put it in their yeah. hands, then walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think it's really important. I just want to affirm you and allowing you to, to do what you need to do. Cause yeah. I, I get it not in the exact same way, but I do get no, it. No, no, it's true. Cause like, especially it, it's, especially important in any kind of ministry because if you don't do that you'll get weird <laughs> yes <laughs> oh, you'll get yeah. super weird yeah and you know what you want i mean like the end game of that weirdness if you go down all all down the weird path you end up at mccarrick yeah, yeah that's true so like it'll start off just by you know like why are you only friends with the teens and not with like other people your age or you know why are you treating people this way and then you start like projecting your stuff on them and looking for them more and more and if your prayer life isn't good then they take up that space too mm. and then it gets it mm-hmm. gets weird and then it'll eventually get abusive even if it's not physical it'll get uh, emotionally and like socially yeah. abusive you know wow. even from like a lay ecclesial minister perspective yes oh, exactly it's i like, know those words <laughs> Yeah, it's um, Sorry. it's cool. I learned them yesterday. Um, just going from going from a door where community was very uh, emphasized and and supported to parish work, which community is important and it's not necessarily shirked, but it's 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 harder to come by. Yeah. Um, it's just it, I I can I can just see myself like I come home and I live alone now, whereas when I was a missionary, I lived with my other 
missionaries and like mm. a, a, another a married couple. And I would I would come home and like hang out with them, and it would be cool. And then I go to sleep and I wake up and there's people. You know, it was it was nice. Even yeah. even if I wasn't particularly social that day, I still had someone I could talk to at the end of the day. But now I go home by myself and I'm laying on my couch watching iCarly, and. Uh, I know you see <laughs> somehow the world will change for me and be so one. I decided to stop watching grown up this TV is, shows. This is why your audience is limited right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know you watched iCarly. I did not. That's a little bit. <gasps> a little bit yeah. after your time. What, what you also, got there? I wasn't like a huge Smoothie. Disney channel. Is that a Disney channel? That's Nickelodeon. Nick. Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon? Okay. Generation I was more of like a Cartoon Network. Oh, yeah. I kid. bet. I Were bet. You, what were your best? What were your top Cartoon Network shows? Uh, Fairly Odd Parents. Okay. Also, also Nickelodeon. Yep. Oh okay. wow! Wait, wait. <laughs> yep. maybe I'm lying. Do I even remember my childhood? It's so long ago. Did you watch? God I put away. I put away childish things, but that's yeah. I yeah. watched SpongeBob, but that's Nickelodeon, isn't it? Yeah, it is. What did I even watch? Yeah, Cat you, Dog. So you, was you, Dexter's you, Dexter's you, Lab? Was that Cartoon that's Network? Cartoon Network. That was Cartoon. Network. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Maybe I lied. Maybe I did watch Nickelodeon. I don't know. Just definitely not Disney Channel. I was on Disney mm-hmm. Channel. I mean, iCarly came out when I was ten, so it was right. It was right in that area where being in high school was like this super cool thing. Mm-hmm. And so mm. I watched iCarly all throughout, and then it ended when I was sixteen. So it was right when high school stopped being a cool thing to watch TV shows. About. It, was a, it was a real emotional experience for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. I cried at the finale. Oh, me too. Yeah, I miss Nathan Cress. <sighs> He's so cool. He's just so cool. He I had all the tech. He had all the gear. We're kind of like Nathan Cress now. Yeah. In that, in that we make, manage, and produce our own podcast. We don't have any of the talent, but we no, do exactly all not. of the technical work, which is great. <laughs> um, Father, you don't watch the show, so you have no you idea. Have no idea well, see, happened. there you go. So, like, yeah, no, our no. audience, they know if we're going to talk about Fortnite, it's only going to be for the first 10 minutes, and then they're mm. free. You guys, you might get a pop culture reference all throughout. Yeah. Which is what, part of the reason why people love you. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. <laughs> sounds like you're dunking on us. Yeah, it sounds like I mean, <laughs> it sounds like you're presbyterally exhorting us to not do that anymore. No, I'm just explaining your podcast to you in a condescending oh. way. Yeah, that's, oh, that's what right. I need. That's, you, that's what it is. It's not. Oh, like I can tell you're the you. oldest brother. That makes sense. Yeah, I right? would. Yeah, father, I would rather people condescendingly explain my podcast to me <laughs> than have people just come up and and say. Oh, can I be on your podcast someday? And then you just want to <laughs> you want to stab them in the jugular because <laughs> because you know that they have no real interest in coming on the podcast. They right. just know that you've got some form of quote unquote clout, That's which it it, oh gosh, yeah. it makes me so mad. So I'd rather you have listened and then dislike it than have not listened and think you can exploit it. It's like having a bullhorn and you talk to it some, <laughs> and you talk yeah. into it sometimes yeah. yeah and then someone comes up to you and says hey can i see that and you're like can what are you going to say and they're like um <laughs> i just wanted to hold it <laughs> well no sorry patrick i'm the second guy i'm the number 2 guy <laughs> I'm the guy that would just take the bullhorn and then come up behind people to turn on the siren. <laughs> One time I accidentally did that to someone and they were like so upset with me and I felt very bad. <laughs> hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I led a, an event in college. We had like a field day at K-State where all the schools in Kansas, well, some of the schools in Kansas uh, came in and we did like a f- track and field competition between all the different schools. And I was kind of leading it and I got to use the bullhorn that day. <laughs> and it was like my, it was my job to give instruction. So like I was, I was told to have it, but, but I never gave it up. And so whenever <laughs> Whenever people would like walk up to me after like the large group instructions, they'd be like, where are the bathrooms? I would turn to them and I would point right at their face. I'd say, they're over there. <laughs> it was people got what do we so, want? so mad. It was the best, the probably one of the best days of college, just, just for that sole reason of having the bullhorn. Every time uh, I think of a bullhorn, I think of one of my favorite Tommy Ty tweets, which is, uh, what do we want? More available mass times. When do we want them? Everyone shouts different dates and times and work for <laughs> them. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, that's another really irritating thing about social media as a priest. Tell me. So many people are telling me exactly what I should do as mm-hmm. a priest, mm-hmm. and they have no. They don't even know me. They don't even know my life. They don't even know like your, your parish. Yeah. I'm like, oh, every priest should be doing this. Like, well, maybe not because we're preaching and talking and ministering to a specific people and culture and place and area. And you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're just angry at your priest. How about you talk with him instead of tweeting out something stupid online? How about that? Huh? <laughs> that's why that's why exactly. I think clerically speaking is so valuable to listen to. Because yeah. until I heard two priests talking about their ministries for like several hours over the course of a month, it, it <laughs> that wasn't supposed to sound uh, upset, yeah. but um no, I, like, I, uh, <laughs> I got to know the priesthood a lot more and like, oh wow, I didn't even really consider one or two aspects of it, like what actually goes into writing a homily and how much of it is actually off the cuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The answer is sometimes too much. Sometimes too much. <laughs> oh, man. What what is the what is the logical conclusion of clerically speaking? Where's it where is it going? Where do you where is it gonna end up? What is the is it just is it just existing for now just to exist, or is there an end game? So it began more or less so it began because everyone was talking about Jordan Peterson. Oh yeah. And Jordan Peterson was either like the next Aristotle for Catholics or Satan himself. Mm-hmm. There's and no in between ever. There, there is no in between. And then like Father Harrison and I were like, we're interested in his thought and we have thoughts about it. And we were just like normal priests with reasonable takes on stuff. Usually let's, I might do like a 10 series, one off podcast, just going through his book. Oh, uh, that was thrilling. how I learned. Yeah. Uh, and Father Harrison's like, no, if we start talking, people are going to want to hear us talk about stuff. Let's just do a podcast. So I was like, yeah. wow. Okay. I know a guy. And that guy was producer Nick. And we kind of started. Now that it, we've been doing it, I think one is what uh, Patrick, you just said, kind of showing people priests talking about parish life mm. is important. But I think what we're doing it seems like the main focuses are against fighting a kind of functional atheism in Catholicism Mm -hmm. and kind of embracing more a sacramental vision um, 
to talk about Catholic things in a Catholic way. Because it seems like so many people who write books and are out there are trying to talk about Catholic things in a secular way in order to draw people in. Yeah. And there's a danger in doing that. You actually begin to lose the message if you change the words. Um, Sorry about that. So I think that's what we're doing. Um, I don't know if you guys would agree or disagree, you know, but uh, I think that's the goal of the podcast. Mm. I see that. I like that. And I, I want mm-hmm. to know more about what you mean by talking about Catholic things in a secular way. So like uh, just to, just to say it, you know, Catholicism isn't becoming the best version of yourself. <laughs> I was talking about this earlier <laughs> or, you know, um, having, you know, even like, you know, having an amazing parish, like, okay, what does that even mean? Uh, why aren't we talking about deification and making saints? Um, mm. Why are we talking Because you, you know, have to have the parish first and then holiness comes after, Father. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even that, talking about that. like It's okay. What, we can diss amazing parish because they don't sponsor us. Actually, I mean, I know, like, okay, so there, I, there I are know people nothing that about them. sponsor me from the Amazing Parish, so, so, so I know. maybe we should be careful. I, <laughs> this is the views of Amazing Parish are Shout held by Father Anthony and Father Anthony alone, and he doesn't even know what they're actually about. So <laughs> it's Exodus ninety all over again. <laughs> that, thing, <laughs> all again. that thing over there that I can kind of see over the ridge—it sucks. Oh wait, it's coming closer to me. Oh, oh, it's benign. Oh no. <laughs> I, I I appreciate I appreciate for the sake of for the sake of our pair our amazing parish father anthony that your first yes. instinct to something coming over the horizon is don't trust it stay back <laughs> i mean is that a real not, shepherd he's is that not a flock. good catholic instinct <laughs> like what, yes. what is oh, this very new much thing so. that you have oh my you know? gosh when, the only I, thing i'm looking over the horizon is jesus second coming and well, if it's not that then i don't trust it it's, all right shut I, it I down saw, i saw someone <laughs> i saw someone like reading through a uh oh it was it was an ad for a conference at nearby the in like erie diocese and the cover was like the cover line was a new approach to evangelization and i was like every time i see that i just like get really scared and like is it is it new approach to evangelization or is it a new evangelization that's two different things very different things Mm. like my immediate instinct is don't trust it so i need to pull the 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 classic father shrop and move which is um pulling back on my previous take and apologizing so were they uh (laughs) Were they t- wasn't like an amazing parish thing on cat- catching foxes the other like a week ago? Yeah, Pat, yeah, Pat Lencioni. Okay, I was li- I was legit listening to that and thinking which was to myself, really good. We could really use that at my parish. So yeah. So what I mean by that bad <laughs> example is kind of just this idea of not talking about Catholic things in a Catholic way. Yes. Um, Talk to Father like- Mac about the conference in Cincinnati. That's all I'm going to say. Because I can't okay. do it. Yeah, you can. I can. I don't yeah, know. You can do whatever you want. Oh, hey, cool. Father Father Anthony, will you yeah. pay for me to go to the Amazing Parish Conference? Uh, well, the Amazing Parish Conference only takes five people. So it's it's the pastor and like four other people that go to the conference. Okay, but what if me and Father Anthony just went together and anyway. we represent kind of like the ordinariate of... Uh... <laughs> we could we could take we could take a, a, a parish team from the parish of Catholic Ethan, Twitter. Ethan, if you want to just like hang out sometime, let's just do Wait, that. Sorry, that's... That's what I'm getting at. Is I just want to be, Ethan, you just can just come friend. back. You can just come back to Francis. The only visit. the only way I know how to hang out with people is at or near a conference. So. <laughs> well, you can come hang out and stay at my house whenever you want, and then you can just come to work with me and sit in my chair when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. So you you want me to do your job for you? No, I want you to come and hang out with me. I can come to. I can I can potentially plan a trip to Pittsburgh. Anyway, sounds good. Father, continue yes. your your thought. 
Uh, I think it, I think that's a thought. I think we're trying to talk about Catholic things in a Catholic way. Like we want to talk about Ad Orientum in a way that isn't crazy, uh, or talk about the fathers in a way that isn't that's approachable, but mm-hmm. also not um, watering anything down. Um, you know, we're talking about the papacy in two weeks. We're going to start talking about theology of the body, or as Father Harrison likes to call it, theology of the human person, which is probably a more accurate name. Um, yeah, and uh, but also doing so in a way that's coming from two parish priests. Um, not from like necessarily two academics. Yeah, who coined the term theology of the body? Uh, John Paul II. Well, okay, okay. Gotcha. So he, Saint, <laughs> but not all, Saint not John all of Paul his. II. Yeah, he earned not, that degree. He did. Uh, <laughs> but not all of what he does is a theology of the body. A lot of what he does is a theology of the body. But it's really yeah. a, an entire theological anthropology. Yeah, because I, I read it and I only recall seeing that phrase like once or twice. Yeah. I think. Something that's interesting that gets me kind of riled up <laughs> is when is when Father Harrison goes off on programs. Um, and I think I think you're right in exactly what you're saying is like we need to talk about Catholic things in a Catholic way and we shouldn't try to secularize um, evangelization. We shouldn't try to, you know, discover this new way of evangelization, which really is if you if you read the fine print, it just has a dollar sign in between each letter yeah. of, of that. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, I obviously am, I'm not, uh, the, the average lay person who is evangelizing, right? Like I, I live, you're the above a, average lay person. Thank, <laughs> thank you. I live on a fundraised salary and I got sent to a random campus that I didn't plan. Um, and my full-time job is just to go and evangelize and that's it. Right. So, but that being said, the work that I do each and every day um, and, and in leading Bible studies and in intentionally investing in, in students and teaching them to invest in others and praying and going to mass and, and teaching people to pray and all these things, right. And having these conversations. And as I'm doing this, I don't necessarily need a program and I don't necessarily need, are you okay, Pat? Yeah. I was just sneezing. Okay. Sorry. You're allergic to truth. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily need, uh, uh, I don't need to pay for something to, to tell me how to do it. Right. Because I, I'm, I'm, I did, to be fair, I did go to training and I got trained for a month, but. And that was a like, program. Which was right. Yeah. But as far as practical things that I use from training in every day, not a lot. The main thing that I got from training was how to live in community and how to, how to sacrifice in community and, and work as a team and all those things. Right. Okay. Um, so the whole thing is, is like, if we're, if we're actually evangelizing, we're living it out. Like how much do we actually need programs and how much do we actually need like a return to prayer and a return to a sense of wonder about the world. And then actually just going out and living and being with people and being in community. And I don't know, it might be easier for you as a priest to be like, let's order this program so I can hand it to this person and know exactly what they're doing. And if that's what you're doing, great. Um, But yeah, it, there, I think there are just pros and cons of, of everything. Right. So two things, and I would like two to things. hear your take. Yeah, yeah, two things. One, if you want to dunk on Father Harrison, I'm here for it. We can spend the rest <laughs> of the podcast just doing that. I'm all about okay. it. But two. Um, That's sorry wrong. Uh, no, uh, I think I think what Father Harrison is talking about is mm-hmm. kind of what you alluded to at the end there. Okay. Treating programs like a quick fix or a magical yeah. pill or using programs – as it depends on what 
the priest or what the parish values as parish. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when people like what they value in a parish is a big active parish. And like, that's what they think. Cause you can see that and there's stuff to do and there are things to do and there are programs and there are people going to the programs. Isn't that success? Isn't that what we're trying to do? Aren't we trying to make dynamic Catholics? Isn't that what it is? What all those words Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And the answer is no. Cause you can have all of that and have a parish full of people going to hell. You absolutely can't. Yeah. Uh, so I think what Father Harrison, because, you know, he's doing a thing where he is getting families together to pray and fast and having this meeting once a month with them. And, yeah, you can say that's a very organic, small, normal Catholic thing to do. But you also can just change a few words and say that's a program. So it's not it's it's using a tool, using a means as an end. Yeah. If people I think, I think that's the problem. Um, and then I'm not sure if I'm saying this well or not. But it's going to be holiness that reforms a parish. Mm, absolutely. So, so how do you get to that? And you can use you can use um, programs as a tool, as a help. But I think it's really only saints that make other saints. Mm. Um, so I think you need like you need your priest to be saintly, and he needs to pour out his heart to his parish and then other people will catch on and catch fire yeah and you you train them up and you set them loose and you can use programs for that but it's what's what are we trying to do i think the first step is is taking a holy priest and splitting him up among seven different parishes because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly how we're going to achieve the outcome do you do you have time to invest in people do you have time to walk with people and disciple people? Me personally? Uh, yeah. That's a good question. Do I have time to do that? Not a lot. Not a lot of people. Yeah. Well, you can, no one can disciple a lot of people. Correct. Right. It's true. But like yeah. um, who? Uh, so like, yeah, my place in the parish, the one thing that father, uh, the, the pastor uh, has asked me to do is to kind of take the whole like youth ministry thing is kind of under more or less my purview or whatever. Uh-huh. So like I was a part of the hiring process and I was pushing pretty hard for Patrick. He got hired. Good. Um, and we're going to be working together. Um, so there's that, that's going to be yeah. going on. Um, but I don't know. It's, I mean, okay. This is actually it's something I really, I sh- yeah. <laughs> I was, that's as much where as I, was, I can. That's where I was headed, ways, Patrick. <laughs> so in a lot of ways, like Patrick's going to know more about this stuff than I do because he's studied it more specifically than I have. I have more experiential knowledge and just you know other stuff. Um, but I guess a struggle for me is when you're faced with so many people mm. and choosing or trying to find people who are more active and choosing to disciple them, it's just very tricky. And I'm not sure if it's maybe I'm making it more tricky than it needs to be. I don't know. I, I it's, it's, you know what? Be perfectly honest. I'm two years ordained. I'm still not sure how to be a parish priest yet. I think it's what it comes down to. Like I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's going to blame you for that. Exactly. I yeah, think, yeah. I mean, I think you I've have known the about discipleship for like two years. So like yeah. I haven't really figured it out either. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I, it's, it's literally my job and I'm still figuring it out. Right. Um, I think you have the benefit father of like the parish structure mm-hmm. that you can use to your advantage. Right. Cause a lot of times we view the parish structure as like bureaucracy, bad, get out. I don't like it, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but 
you have a guy like Pat in the mix. Mm, yes. Okay. You invest in Pat. Pat, all of a sudden, his full-time job is to create a core team and like lead that core team to invest in teens. So all of a sudden, like your investment in one person through the church structure is now reaching potentially dozens of people. Right. You know, if if that's the direction you decide to take. Or you can you can do what a lot of priests do, which is hire the youth minister and say, Good luck. See you later. Yeah. And no, it's already working great. too. Like I mean, yeah. I I've I've seen I've seen several students be convicted by like what I, what we're planning on doing with the youth ministry and like deciding to come. And I'm pretty sure our first our first night is this Sunday. I'm pretty sure there's going to be like 10 kids tops. Great. But, but I know. Like, that's awesome. Right. Because I'm excited. Yeah, I'll be pumped I, if we have 10. Yeah, yeah I know. And I, I know every single one of their names and I'm excited to see all of them. And it's it's funny because like I think I think if we if we uh, if we don't see that as like a vibrant uh, community, then we're essentially doing the same thing that pro-choice people do when they see a two-celled organism in a womb right they're like well that's not really life uh, okay yeah, yeah. yeah you know like that's not that's not really a person it's like only mm-hmm. when it's a fully fledged being that can walk around and do amazing things will i consider it a person right so i'm i think i think that like the the program thing we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. we try to use programs to people for people uh we try to throw a program at someone whose heart isn't yet convicted and it just falls yeah. on deaf ears yeah because yeah, yeah. The good, good old, good old Tommy A, you know, uh, to one who has faith, no explanation is needed. To one who has no faith, no explanation is possible. It's just you can't, you can't explain things of the faith through a program to a person who doesn't have faith. You have to mm-hmm. invest in them and show them Christ through ordinary means, and then you can, then, then, then their hearts will be convicted by a quote unquote program. Hmm. I think most parishioners, even faithful ones that go to mass, don't realize that they need to be a part of this. They're still, I think a lot of our parishioners are still showing up to watch mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to pray and do whatever within what, you know, um, but the parish is there to serve them um, in whatever way they think it is. And then that's, that's it. I think we've lost that call to well, one personal holiness, but then they realize that like you are the one who's supposed to go out. Um, and also, <laughs> I don't know if this is changing the topic or not, but I'm getting, uh, I think when Father Harrison are ranting about stuff, I think this is a thing with like our generation of Catholics and I'll include you guys in there as well. Yes. Is that all yeah, we, we know? Something. Yeah. I think all we know is that whatever the hell we've been doing is not working <laughs> and we're freaking the hell out. Like my whole life, none of this stuff that you guys think is good has worked. And we're trying to find something that works. So I get angry at the words you get excited about that don't work, like program and yeah. uh, dynamic and and life and and, and, com- and and all those words. None of them have worked. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, I, I know, know I know very faithful people. But when I was in high school, who no longer practiced the faith, and I'm like, what what happened or stopped happening? And like, obviously this, obviously this didn't work. So what can I do? Because I don't, I don't, I don't want my students to, and I mean, some of that, you can just chalk that up to personal decision, but like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we need to take all of that stuff, realize it's there and that's what we're carrying in our hearts mm-hmm. and just freaking throw it at the tabernacle every day. Mm. Because I think the one thing that we've been forgetting, anyway, it, it's just Jesus knows that all of this stuff is going on. <laughs> he knows everything. Yeah. He knows what's going on. He knows what's okay. But are we taking our cues from him or from what are very good intentions 
and formed by the faith, like ideas of what the parish should be. And it's like, whoa, even take a step back from, from that good stuff and just be like, okay, okay, okay. Like, Lord, you have to make this stuff happen. And I'm here for it. I'm here for you. I'm going to be doing my best in the meantime. <laughs> but like, you have to be the guy. And I think yeah. Jesus is like, okay, finally, now I can start doing stuff. And it won't <laughs> happen in the super exciting way that we think it will. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's it's the, I mean, it's First Corinthians 3, whatever it is. It's the Lord does the growing. Yeah, we're just we're just watering. We're just planting seeds. Um, and we have to remember that anytime we do ministry or engage in any sort of ministry or apostolate work, we're not we're not starting a new thing. You know, yeah. like we it's not like we've we now have our own field and we're going to we're going to get all the tools and do everything. And like Jesus is over there and he's watching us. He's supervising, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but it's that's not the case is that there's one big field and Jesus has been working in it forever. Yeah. And we we decide to come and join him, not like we're going to start our own field. You know, right, if, right. if we have that mindset, then we're doomed to failure. I'm going to start my so, mom is my own parish. With black we'll out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Move over, bingo night. We've got blackjack night. Woof. But yeah, I think that's very real, Father. Mm. Yeah, I think about this too. Like, I was, I was, it always feels weird talking about your prayer life because it always feels like a flex. But um, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was, I was praying the other day in front of the Welcome tabernacle. Welcome to the crunch. <laughs> and I was Welcome like, to the flex. I was uh, like, Lord, I need to get better at praying for people. So I was praying my rosary and I felt like Lord saying like, are, are you, are you praying for Patrick? Like he's going to be the one doing all this stuff for the kids. Like, are you praying for him? Like think about all the stuff he's going through as it takes on a new job and gets to put into practice all the stuff that he's been excited about for a long time. And now he gets to actually do it and get his heart broken over and over again by teens that aren't <laughs> going to realize how much he loves them. Like, are you going to pray for him? And I was like, Oh yeah, I, I that was like, man, we should like pray and fast for the teens. Are we going to do that? You yeah. know, um, just uh, getting back to like really basic stuff because we have this crippling fear that God doesn't actually act in the world so that we so we have to be the ones to act in the world because God isn't going to because we're all Gnostics. We're all Gnostics. We're all functional atheists. We're all just uh, that's not true. No, that's no, not true. <laughs> It's all good. All good. One one out of the three of us here today is a baptized pagan. Tune in next week to find out which one. <laughs> oh man, that'd be really awkward if it was me. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like there hasn't been a complete collapse in seminary formation enough to allow a pagan through the ranks, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. These days, who knows what's going on? Oh, That's man. the truth. Pat, what 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 time are we at? Can I go to bed? Can I? Well, can I mean, I, well, it, it, it's two o'clock p.m. for you, so no, oh, you yeah. cannot go to bed. But it is—it's good nap time, to be honest. That's like my prime nap time. That's true. This yeah. is prime. This is prime priest nap time. Yesterday, I was at a at a uh, at the diocesan luncheon at around this time, and uh, mm, this youth minister brought her sense. kid, and she was like, "Oh, it's getting to be nap time." I'm like, "Man, babies nap roughly the same time as priests do, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a priest here, the one at OSU who used to be at Tulsa, who takes a three o'clock nap for thirty three minutes every day, non negotiable. That's non. It is trinitarian. If he is, if he if he is driving on the road, he will pull over and take his nap, or for however long it is, it might be twenty five minutes. I don't really know, but uh, he will take his nap on the side of the road, and if he doesn't, 
it is the worst thing for him. Oh man. And, Cause he's, he's probably the most extroverted person I've ever met in my entire life. And I've met him once. So <laughs> if that gives you any indication, I think that naps are important for priests. I think father, if you want to take a nap, I think if you want to live in community, if you want to start animal house with me, let me know. <laughs> These are all things that we can do Good. Yeah. together. Not, we're not going to nap together, but we can start. No. <laughs> we can nap at the same time, just in different places. That's yes. what I'm getting at. This is a pro father Anthony sleeping by himself podcast. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank, you're welcome. <laughs> Join us next decade when for Anthony and Freethan start animal house together. That's father Anthony the- and father Ethan. That'd be oh, great. Thanks for explaining that, Pat. I yeah. really was lost on me. <laughs> Father Anthony, I I have loved having you on the show. It I have a lot of fun. A life mm-hmm. to get back to, unfortunately. This has been a nice little slice of heaven. Um with talking to the to the two of you. Is there anything that you'd like to plug? You're you're a priest, so hopefully not, but Yeah, there's only one thing I like to plug. There's only Thank one you. thing. And it's a very Please. important podcast to me. Okay. It's called the Spicy Nugs Podcast. <laughs> you can find us at Twitter at Spicy Nugs Pod. And we drop <laughs> new episodes every month. It's where um two priests and a dad serve up the hottest takes and the frostiest shakes on Wendy's menu. <laughs> I, this is not a joke. This is what we do. I was just talking on Nugs Pod. Is it on, on, it on iTunes? It. It's on iTunes, and I messed up the tagline, and Father Dan's going to make fun of me for that, but I tried, Father Dan. I tried really hard. It's on iTunes. Yeah, you can find us on iTunes. Spicy talk- Nugs. I was talking to a friend podcast. at lunch today about your podcast, the the or the other one, the Clerically Speaking one. With the oh, Canadian. okay. I mean, there, there's that too, yeah. But Yeah, um, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's called Clerically Speaking, and they they like only have priests on the show. Like, they only had a layman on once, and it was like a special thing, and they're only going to have clerics on the podcast. And he's like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah there's not a lot of clerics. On- what if there was a show with like – a cleric and a lay person and i was like there already is at spicy yep. nugs pod <laughs> yep there's that there's a few of them but i'm not gonna plug them because i'm not on their podcast so fake podcast it's fake podcast mm-hmm. you need brand consistency if you're going to be a podcast that's one thing i feel like me and pat have done very well is uh we've never we've never varied from our brand which is two young guys who don't don't know what they're doing check us out <laughs> check us out high, high school girls your one-stop shop podcast here oh man anyway um real quick before we go i want to plug patreon just because we're actually trying to do that now oh do you see if you have any new new patrons i did see see, this is actually father this is your reward for joining our patreon (laughs) page Um, father joined the complete breakfast level uh, of our patreon patreon support and his reward was uh, that he got to be on the podcast. So if you join the podcast at the complete breakfast level, you may get invited to be on the podcast. <laughs> I want to I want to do monthly mailbag, have like put people in the put people in the crunch bowl and bring them on for like five minutes. Yeah, it just takes a you lot gotta, of it takes a lot of logistical planning. But I couldn't I'm even get upload that. You couldn't even upload a bonus episode. Listen, I, just, I'm going to have to do it. I drive so much and that's my own fault. Uh-huh. But it's <laughs> true. But I wanted to. We're doing lots of cool things on Patreon now. I'm I'm writing about the science fiction books that I'm reading, putting that up there. I'm uh, we're gonna upload some more bonus episodes. Um, if we get up to sixty patrons, we start a second podcast, which yeah. sounds like a lot, but I will do all the editing, which means that it'll come out come out clean. It'll come out it's fresh, true. and it's gonna be it's gonna be really great. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be like it's a book club. Yeah, we're doing book club. book club. It's book club. It's gonna be we talk about we read a spiritual book and we talk about it. 
or maybe a fiction book. Dune. Maybe. Can we do? Can I do the first one on Dune? We can do the first one on Dune. <laughs> yes. Father, have you ever read Dune? No, I've heard about it. It's like a thing, isn't it? High, highly it recommend. Is. Yeah, mm. it's it's very good. I know, I know, you're too cool for school, but it's true. If you ever get bored, Dune. Um, Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Nope. Father Anthony, anything else for the people? God bless you. Awesome. And that was after. Thank you all for listening. Oh, gosh, damn yep. it, Patrick. I was going to end it, and you just interrupted me. I'll never miss an opportunity to say the word efficacious. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you next week. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.